Hello and welcome to the Announcers Table's classic TNA Impact review, where we go through TNA Impact week by week. This week we're on the October 8th, 2004 episode, and once again I'm joined by Scott Weaver. Scott, how are you? I'm very well, Dom. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm very excited by this episode of Impact. Yeah, this this one's a doozy. Oh, God, yes. For the best <laughs> reasons, for the worst reasons, for everything <laughs> yeah, in between. For many, many reasons. Just what you look for from TNA Impact. Oh, yes. But before we get into it, we're going to flash back to October 2004 and have a look what was going on in the world. In yeah. the UK charts, at number oh. one, any oh. guess, Scott? Right, so the last two weeks... I have guessed successfully Eric Prids. Mm. So I feel like Eric's going to come through again. Is it going to be Eric Prids again? Eric Prids has been dethroned. No! <laughs> it's happened! Robbie Williams's radio is number one in the UK charts. Oh. oh. I, can't, I can't recall it off the top of my head. I like Robbie Williams. I, I like listen Robbie to Williams. the song, I don't know it, and it's not good. Right. I feel like Call I should listen to it. Oh, mate, Angels. Honestly, so many Robbie Williams songs are better than this one. I don't like this one at Millennium. all. Millennium. Millennium. Oh, bangers everywhere, but not this one. I, I, I'll, I will go back and listen to it. I really didn't like it, but you can let me know what you think. But I will do. Not a fan. I will do. Uh, number one in the UK box office is Bride and Prejudice. Yes, one of my personal favourites. Oh yeah, uh, no one's heard of this film, and I don't know how it got to number one. Um, it's a modern adaptation of Jane Austen's classic novel, Pride and Prejudice, that features mm. the lives of four unmarried daughters in an Indian family. That's me reading the synopsis, that's not yeah. off the top of my head. So was, was this before Bend It Like Beckham, or after? This was after Bend It Like Beckham. Okay, so I feel like that's why it's probably... Yeah, with the same director, one. same... Oh, is it? Mm. Oh, okay, that's probably why then. Because Bend It Like Beckham was a big success. It was, but it was also good. Uh, like, this one has terrible ratings. Uh, you've not watched it. Okay. <laughs> uh, the ratings for this one are much okay. worse than Bend It Like Beckham. Okay, that's better. Uh, At least qualify your statement. Yeah, I, like, I've looked at the poster. I'm not inspired to watch it. Well, Wimbledon didn't have the best ratings, and I loved it. That's fair, but this is lower than Wimbledon. As it should be. Well. As everything in, should be. <laughs> in video games. Yeah. Uh, we have two here, and I'm confident the first one you probably haven't played, but the second okay. one you probably have. Okay. The first one is Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. I've never heard of it. It's a classic. It's um, <laughs> it's a classic game. It's really good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very much a niche taste. Is it like another like Game Boy Advance? It's GameCube. Okay, I've never touched a GameCube in my life. Fair enough. The other yeah. big game to come out this week is FIFA 2005. Oh, my second ever FIFA. Do you know who's on the cover of the game? Uh, so, FIFA 04, I think, was Edgar Davids mm. and David Trezeguet. Mm. Do you know my Edgar Davids story, by the way? No. Oh. <laughs> So, um, is it something to do with Barnet? It is something to do with Barnet. Okay. So, I spot Olfton Town, I go and watch Olfton Town quite regularly. Um, okay. Edgar Davids was Barnet manager, and we were playing them. Yeah. Um, now, Edgar Davids doesn't tend to travel north, like, he refused to travel <laughs> north. Um, but Olferton was just middle enough for him to go, okay, fine, 
<laughs> Why have you said Edgar Davis doesn't travel north like he lives in King's Landing in Game of Thrones? I don't know. Like he just <laughs> he refused to go to the Northern Games. Apparently, <laughs> he's scared. But we were north enough for him to come. Okay. Um, and he was sat in the stands. I went early because I knew Edgar Davis was going to be there. Yeah, yeah. I'm like 13 at the time. Mm-hmm. I walk up to him and ask him for a picture. And he goes, no, and turns oh. his back on me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so then I, he did, I get my iPod, uh, <laughs> and I sneak a picture of him, basically with his back turned to me. <laughs> and then I just turn back around, and I see him shaking his head like, I can't believe you've done that. <laughs> Why would he say no? I don't know. Because... I, I don't know, but I've got a vendetta against Edgar Davids ever since. So you were going to the Alfredson game as a fan? Yes. I okay. wasn't working for them at the time. Okay. Oh, right. So it was, I'd have got it if you were like going there working for them and you had like the Alfredson gear on and you went up to him saying, can I have, can I have a picture, please? Because then he'd be like, no, you're for the other team. But if you're just a mm. fan, <laughs> what? Yeah. why is he so mean? I don't know, um, but I don't like Edgar Davids anymore. I've heard... Every time I hear someone saying nice things about him, I'm just like, yeah, well, he said no to me having a picture with him once. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Did I, ever tell you cover... my, did I ever tell you my Bobby Charlton story? No. So I went to um, an England game. It was a World Cup qualifier. It was, it was been like 2009, maybe. 2008, mm. 2009. Um, and I went with my dad, a friend, and my granddad. And uh, we parked up in Wembley car park and we were walking to the, like our gate mm-hmm. and like three cars down from our car was uh, like a big, like massive black Mercedes limo kind of thing. Yeah. We we're like, Oh, cr- who's this? And uh, so we kind of stand and wait a second just to see who gets out. Cause it only just pulled up and it mm. was Bobby Charlton. Wow. So he gets out the car and I, no one notices. I like, tap my dad and i'm like dad dad that's a that's bobby charlton mm. and um so we go over say hello shake his hand my dad's so excited because like the first football game he ever saw was the world cup final all this sort of stuff so shaking his hand and um we go we kind of think oh we need to get an autograph but no one has a pen yeah and it was before the time where everyone had camera phones so like there was no cho- no chance of getting a picture mm. so uh we, no one has a pen, but so we kind of just shake hands, say like, nice to meet you and mm-hmm. walk off. Now, fast forward to 2018. So probably like 10, nine years later, uh, my friend decided to tell me whilst drunk that he had a pen in his pocket and he forgot about it. Wow. Yeah. So I could have had a, a signed Bobby Charlton England shirt and my friend forgot that he had a pen in his pocket. Wow. Yeah, I presume you've never spoken to him again. Uh, no, I killed him. Ah, good, good. <laughs> With a pen. Yeah, straight to the eye. <laughs> but on the cover of FIFA 2005, do you have any idea yeah. who's on it? There's three players. Ah. <sighs> now Ronaldinho was on it for a long time. He was, but he wasn't on this one. Do you okay. want me to just tell you? Yeah, just tell me. Yeah. It is Patrick Vieira. Yeah. In the Arsenal. Andrei Shevchenko. Sheva, was mm. it? Ooh. And F- Fernando Morientes. Was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Of Real okay. Madrid at the time, not yeah. Liverpool. Well, why um, not? Okay, what a strange... Odd. I don't know. I really don't know. I wouldn't have um, guessed that. 
No, but I remember seeing Patrick Vieira on one, but I didn't know it was 05. Yeah. Uh staying with sport, uh having already clinched a seventh F1 drivers' championship, oh, German Ferrari driver Michael Schumacher wins a record thirteenth race of the season, yeah. uh winning the Japanese Grand Prix. Yay. Any interest in F1? None whatsoever. Same um, here, but I thought it'd be interesting. It's still yeah, a record I that mean, stands today. He obviously was a legend. He still is a legend. It's yeah. a shame what's happened to him. And obviously, oh, yeah. thoughts and prayers, T's and P's go out. Mm. But I've got zero interest in Formula One. Um, yeah. We've we've actually had discussions about this and spoken about how we're both cricket fans and mm. people take the mick out of cricket saying it's boring. Where Formula One is not even a sport, it's just engineering. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. It is. It's whoever can build the fastest car. It doesn't mm. matter who drives it. I could drive like a Mercedes and win a Grand Prix, probably. I'm not 100% sure that's true, but I get <laughs> what the point you're making. You give me some practice, I could. <laughs> um, but yeah, this record still stands today. It's been equalled by um, Vettel. Oh, Vettel. Okay. Hamilton's only done 11, so he's, he's two off. He's really bad. Rubbish. Yeah, absolutely rubbish. <laughs> uh, moving into wrestling. Here uh, we go. So I had a quick read of the Wrestling Observer to inform me of what is happening at this time. Shout so, out, Dave. Dave Meltzer reported, uh, so Perry Saturn has been off TV for a, a bit now. Mm. Uh, and no one was 100% sure why. And Meltzer's find out. So he said, uh, Perry Saturn was driving his girlfriend to work in April and came across mm. two men who were attempting to restrain a girl in the back of her car. Oh, Christ. Uh, Perry went to help her, and he was running them off when he was shot in the neck three times Whoa. with a handgun. Saturn, Saturn had no idea that he'd been shot until later. At first, he thought he would just start bleeding after being punched in the fight. Jeez. He suffered damage to his vertebrae, but will be fine, and is scheduled to return in September. So this is two weeks in a row where wrestlers have been either shot or stabbed. It's not a good. It's not a good time for a wrestler. What? That's mad. That's crazy. Was it the guy who refused to sell his stuff? Um, Brian something. Brian Gamble. I'm not going to accuse Brian Gamble of being, you know, committing those sorts of crimes. <laughs> no, no, um, I'm not accusing. I'm just saying. There's a chance. There, there is a chance, unless it was proven that it wasn't him. Yeah, Perry got shot in the neck three times and just had no idea that he'd been shot. Well, at least he was being a good guy. No, oh, God, yeah, a great guy. But yeah, <laughs> if you're I, I... if you see Perry, if you're committing a crime and you see Perry Saturn walking towards you, what would you do? You just run. Apparently, not shoot him in the neck because that will not stop him. No, he's like Terminator. <laughs> Meltzer has also reported that Taboo Tuesday is coming later this month. That's already been announced. Um, but he's reported that fans will be deciding uh, the matches for Chris Jericho for the IC title. So he'll be defending yeah. the IC title. They'll be deciding his opponent and Triple H's opponent to defend the World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. I like the idea of Taboo Tuesday. Yeah. Meltzer said did it turn into Cyber Sunday? It did. Okay. Meltzer said that this show is going to be a disaster. Purely <laughs> because it's on a Tuesday. I mean, yeah. Why would they host it on a Tuesday? Why not just have it as a pay-per-view? It is a pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why not just have it on a Sunday then, like normal? 
because they thought of the word taboo and it's like, well, taboo <laughs> Sunday doesn't work. But taboo's got nothing to do with like voting. I, guess I really Cyber, don't know. Cyber Sunday makes sense. Yep. I'd bring back Cyber Sunday, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the way, to, do it with, to do it with a Twitter poll would be so easy now. Oh, God, yeah. You just know that there'd be some level of trolling that would oh, my ruin God. everything. It'd be like Arsenal fans just hacking into every vote. <laughs> yeah. How, who was so many people would get pushed <laughs> for <laughs> world title runs? Ricochet might actually get on TV with that. Don't be silly. Uh, uh, on last week's episode of Explosion, which is one day after Impact, Johnny B. Bad, a.k.a. Mm. Mark Mero, made his TNA in-ring uh, debut. Okay. So um, was, he, was he in the uh, NYC? No, no, Johnny B. Bad wasn't. So Mark Mero was, he was in WCW for a while, jumped to WWE, um, and he was, so despite being like not that important of a wrestler in terms of like, history yeah. he was the first person to be given a guaranteed contract by the wwe wow why uh because it was the attitude era and everyone was jumping left right and center so they were like you know what you're not going we need to nail down mark marrow yeah and thank god they so did I, because i'm quite confused with disco inferno by the way yeah okay <laughs> well mark marrow brought sable with him because he was uh they were oh. dating at the time so oh. you know a big influence despite uh no one caring about him I mean, Sable's gone on to do big things, and by do big things, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, she was huge for the company at the time, yeah. so and definitely outdrew him. So, oh, definitely. Uh, but Mero started the match as a face and turned heel by the end. <laughs> what a how, debut! How did that happen? He took Jarrett's guitar and he hit someone. I can't remember who it was. Oh, was it just someone in the crowd? No, I wish. But unfortunately, not. <laughs> just <clocked> someone. <laughs> uh, and finally, in wrestling news, um, there have been a bit of a backlash from the Nashville TNA fans uh, oh. for the move to Florida. Oh no! Uh, because obviously, the pay per views were always held in Nashville. Yeah, uh, and those weekly pay per views, Nashville fans aren't happy that they're getting basically nothing now. Well, they shouldn't. They should be angry. I'd be angry. Every- Everything was there, and now they're like, okay, no, we need to go to Universal. Yeah. Oh, and they did the big announcement to pop the fans. Mm. Oh, no. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, they are running a house show uh, soon um, okay. with one of the matches advertised. So they've only advertised one match so far. And this will surely get the fans in. It's Kid Cash versus Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler? Jerry Lawler. In NWA TNA. In NWA TNA, just for a house show, one-off. Okay, it's in Nashville, I guess, isn't it? Because that's kind of where he's from. He's from the South. That's as much as I can tell you. He's I from mean, Memphis. I don't know how close that is. Memphis but... is Tennessee. So, yeah, it's the same state. Oh, okay. Yeah, Nashville, yeah. Tennessee, yeah. But why Kid Cash? Because he's probably going to be able to carry him. Because <laughs> he can lose. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He can carry the match and still lose, probably. Yeah, I mean, like, I thought they'd gone with Jarrett, just let him oh. whack him with a guitar, but then I suppose they don't want Jarrett to lose. No, Lawler's going over. Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. But that's all we've got for this week for that bit, so we'll go into the show. Uh, we open this. We open with a recap of last week's show, showing the tag team champions losing to the Naturals, AJ Styles earning his shot for the X Division title, which looks a lot better in highlight form. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, <laughs> they only showed like two things from it. Yeah. Stars clash and dives to the outside. Yeah. Uh, and then we also saw Russo announcing the number one contenders tournament as well as Jarrett talking about the outsiders. Yeah. Uh, more of that to come. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like before in previous weeks, every time they've said the outsiders, they like linger on it. But this time, mm. they said outsiders once and then showed a series of clips of just Jeff looking down the camera and then the flick of the toothpick and there's really dramatic music. It was amazing. Honestly, at this point, they're really bashing us over the head with it. Yeah, it's it's treating your fans like idiots, I guess. But as we enter the impact zone, there's a, someone in the crowd holding a title belt, and I speculated <sighs> that he looks like Chris Hero. Yeah. I don't I mean, think it is. I can see why you'd think that. The reason I don't think it is is because Hero at this point had a little goatee. Mm. So he had a blonde little goatee, and he's very tall. And he was stood next to uh, a woman, and they were like the same height. And Maybe she woman, stood in a chair. Oh yeah, but no, no, it's not Chris. It's not it's Chris not. Hero. <laughs> it's not, but I just wanted it to be. I was willing I, it to I be him. I wanted it to be. I want Chris Hero to be a little TNA mark. <laughs> but we immediately open with Abyss versus Jeff Hardy. Yes. What a way to start the show. Yeah. Um, I mean, but as it's, it's probably best to open the show like this because they hyped it so much. Yeah. Uh, but as Abyss is making his entrance, we get a huge announcement from the commentary team. Did you yeah. know this? Um, I think I think I know what you're going to say. It's that big bad Jeff Hammond is yeah. back. It's the man, <laughs> the man that is the most over in oh, yeah. TNA. It's Jeff Hammond. That is what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> yeah. Did you announce... I, I paused for a minute. I was like, hey, where's he going with this? <laughs> They don't announce that Roddy Piper's coming later at the start of the show mm. to keep fans in. No. What's going to keep fans is six points of impact with Jeff Hammond. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I just don't I understand. I couldn't even think of anything to say there. I just thought, oh. I just don't understand why they do it. It's um, But Jeff makes his entrance, uh, and immediately as Jeff I see Har- him... Jeff Hardy, not Jeff Hammond. <laughs> Jeff Hardy... Makes his entrance. <laughs> yeah. Immediately as we see him, he's he already just gives off an aura that he's like the biggest star here. It's crazy. So did you notice when Jeff entered, they had the whole music video thing last week, but when he entered now, he had no lyrics. Yes, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like I was trying to listen to the music because I, I remember like previous weeks saying, Oh, it's just a knockoff from WWE, and it's absolutely not. It's just not oh, good. It's Perox Y Gen. And it's not good. It's amazing. And did you did you see him playing the air guitar as he walked down? Yes, I did. Like um, he was being, Hogan. <laughs> well, I was going to say Kyle O'Reilly, but oh, <laughs> you do you. <laughs> I mean, I know who I'd rather rather watch wrestle. Well, uh, the match starts, and we're told that the match has a fifteen minute time limit as opposed to ten. Hated it. Hated it. Hated Why's it. that? Because it made the X Division match last week feel so unimportant. That's true. Didn't think about that actually. Yeah, if this match this match is a tournament match. It's not even the final. How? Why does it get more time than an actual number one contender's kind of sort of final match to decide yeah. a number one contender? Why does it matter more? Yeah. And at first, genuinely, I thought, oh, so if it's 15 minutes and then no one's won, does that mean that the other match is just whoever wins gets Jarrett? <laughs> That'd be quite good. Um 
But thankfully, Larry Zabisco is on standby backstage oh. uh, watching. He's got a little box. Yeah, it was, and he's watching the screen straight on, yeah, like a weirdo, yeah. rather than watching it from an angle. Who doesn't watch it stood at a strange angle with their arms folded? I'm podcasting from an angle right now. I am. I'm facing my screen <laughs> at a ninety degree angle to it. Yeah, that's the only way to watch it. Yeah, it's the only way to watch anything. Mm. But yeah, we see we see Zabisco watching. He's been dragged off the Kangankudos twirl and hurl ride uh, to make <laughs> a decision. That... <laughs> is that from The Simpsons? It is, yeah. It's the Alien yes! from The Simpsons. I'm so glad I got that reference. <laughs> um, I, I tried to find another one with rhyming in, because I know you enjoyed last week's. <laughs> Men in Black Alien Attack will forever be my favourite. That is the best one. Kang and Kodos. Uh, yeah, because they become, they turn into George Bush and uh, Al Gore and yes. they take over the world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm all with it. <laughs> um, and at first I thought that Larry had the least funky shirt that we've ever seen oh, from him. Word, no. But we get a better view of it later. Oh, we will save that for later. Yeah. It's a proper <laughs> Skegness classic. Um, as the. As the match starts, we hear also a chant from a fan saying, We want Matt. Oh, I, I didn't notice that. that. I didn't hear yeah, that. It was one fan chanting, We want Matt, oh. as in Matt Hardy. Yeah, there were some smarky fans in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, Matt Hardy at this point has been off TV for two months um, okay. with a knee injury. He was last seen being chokeslammed off stage by Kane. Okay. During this time off, uh, is when Edge and Lita uh, get a bit too familiar oh, with each other. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. poor Matt. So uh, he's fired during this time off, uh, released in 2005, for going public on social media about it. On social media? Yeah. I pre- <laughs> MSN? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he posted to his, what was it, Bebo account? Yeah. I, oh, I really don't know. But Matt yeah, he went his status. I hate Lita. <laughs> yeah, he went he went public with it, and that's what oh. got him fired. Okay, good for um, him. Good for him, and also not good for him. Like Edge, like literally slapped with his misses, and then he no, got fired but, for it. Yeah, but good for him for going public and not just being a little bitch about him rolling over. Yeah, I mean, they're friends now. They've made up. Yeah. Um, well. Which, I mean, they're both with different people now. So. Yeah, I was going to say Lita's not with either of them, so it's all right. Yeah. I don't know what Lita's doing now, to be honest. She, isn't she a... Um, she's like a coach in NXT. Oh, is she? I think so. I think her and Shawn Michaels both got gigs there. I know that Michaels is, because it's like basically DX run NXT. Oh, uh, you know, this, this anti-authority show is run by... Yeah. Oh, sorry, this authority is the anti-authority group DX. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might have got that wrong, but I feel like I feel like she might have an, a coach's role at NXT. Mm. But going into the match, Abyss dominates Hardy early, just overpowering him, uh, before Jeff blocks a splash to the corner. Uh, Jeff speaks to the ref, who gets on his hands and knees, letting yeah. Jeff hit a poetry in motion. That was the right. I, I googled so much yesterday trying to find out what that move was called because I, I in my head I had it as called spin cycle but I think that's no. something else well I was thinking maybe he has different names in 
TNA because they don't actually say what the names of his moves no. are except for I this one time. I really like that, especially if they were chanting "We want Matt." Mm. That's good. Yeah, it's a good response to it, but yeah. I don't... <laughs> seems uh, seems somewhat unfair from the ref. But I I did enjoy the spot. Yeah, I I really liked it. <laughs> uh, Hardy then hits a clothesline and looks for a slingshot to the outside, but he's caught by Abyss and ran into the ring post as we head into the break. Yeah. We come back. Abyss is still in control, and the fans start to chant Black Horse Slam. Yeah. Again, smarky, smarky fans. I like that, though. Um, it's the first time we've seen the fans getting behind Abyss, and it shows what a difference it makes when you don't put him in a Jabba squash every single <laughs> week. Yeah. Um, the one thing I did write down when they started chanting that is the four guy, there were four guys in the front row of the mm. hard cam side. So you could see them all the time, and they were all wearing white, uh, white t shirts. Yeah, impact, impact on the front. Yeah, they were a hundred percent plants. Oh yeah, because throughout the show they never shut up. <laughs> they so have been paid there. well. They were just there just to get the crowd up. I think. You know when you start seeing them chanting Roman Reigns. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we WWE. <want> <laughs> WWE would kill for plants like these. Yeah, imagine. Imagine when Cena was getting booed. They just had these guys going, let's go, Cena. (laughs) That would be great. Uh, Abyss grabs his chain, and the ref warns him not to use it. Uh, As Abyss is distracted, Hardy wraps Abyss's legs in the chain and pulls him down. DQ, Abyss is in the final. (laughs) Did you notice when Hardy did that, he got booed? Did he? Yeah, so when, when Hardy wrapped it around uh, Abyss's ankles and pulled him down, there was like an audible boo. You could hear it. Ooh. So I was like, okay. Um, yeah, a bit, a Hardy is not like DQ, the by the way. No, he's yeah. not. <laughs> he's not DQ. He should be, because he used I mean, the chain. Did he use it as a weapon? Yeah, he pulled him down with it. Yeah, he didn't hit him with it, though. I don't know. It feels illegal. Yeah, uh, well, the best things do. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what you do with your weekends is up to you. Ah, uh, well. Hardy, <laughs> Hardy hits a series of drop kicks and a whisper in the wind for two. Hardy looks for the twist of fate, but Abyss counters it beautifully into the stri- shock treatment for two. That was so good. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't think Abyss would have chemistry with Hardy. Like, they're so different. But no, these two really worked well together. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how good Abyss can be when he's not just squashing people. Yeah. He's actually a good wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he really is. Yeah. Um, Abyss looks for another shock treatment, but Hardy pulls Abyss's mask to escape uh, and then hits a dodgy-looking twist of fate. Yeah, they slipped, didn't they? Mm. But then Hardy goes for the swanton bomb, which Abyss avoids, and I really thought that that was the finish, the swanton pin. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a good false finish. I believed mm. it. Abyss gets Hardy up for a choke slam, but Hardy transitions it beautifully into a roll up to get the win. Oh yeah, it was such a good roll up. Yeah, no, I tweeted. I not tweeted. I tweeted after this. I tweeted. Uh, I wrote after this. Just what Jeff Hardy is amazing. Yeah, like, I mean, I wrote roll up looked good. Oh, it looked um, really good. It, yeah, I probably done it a bit of a disservice there, but it looked it looked really good. Good, like, it was um, really smooth. No, I really enjoyed this match, though. Um, yeah. I'm glad Jeff's through. And to be fair, it's good that Abyss got beaten up, beaten with a a roll-up yeah. rather than being pinned clean. 
Yeah, so I again I wrote don't mind a roll up finish because it doesn't make Abyss look bad. Exactly. It's, no, I, he, he just got caught in a roll up. Yeah. And like, it's not like Jeff needs to be put over strong because it's Jeff Hardy. No. No, and it's if you want Jeff to go over, but you want your monster to still look strong. Exactly. They did really well with this match. Yeah. I, I really liked it. We then go backstage to the judges' table where Team Canada are harassing Larry Zabisco. Yes, and this is where we see his jazzy shirt. <laughs> it is indeed a rascal shirt. It has <laughs> two dragon patterns on it. <laughs> Black sleeves, red body bit. Oh, it's the two dragons. <laughs> he's been back to Skeggy Market. He has. He's he's gone there and he's seen the uh, the two for five pound deal and he thought, you know what? Get me ten. I can't miss out on this. I love it. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my favourite bits of waiting to see what shirt Larry is going to be wearing next. Honestly, when he stops showing up, that's going to be devastating. Ah, oh, don't even bring it up. Don't make me sad. Uh, Demore is demanding a tag title match for Team Canada. Uh, and at this point, it's when I notice a random bald guy in the back. Yeah, so I was like, that doesn't look like Johnny Devine. <laughs> no, I was like, has Johnny shaved his head? Yeah. Uh, we'll find out who he is later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, very jarring just to see a random bald guy with them that just doesn't get addressed. Yeah, especially because they address it later. Mm, it's like, weird. Yeah. Uh, he, didn't, Zabisco... he didn't need to be there. He didn't need to be stood there. He could have just come out with them later. Yeah. Um, Zabisco tells Demore to earn a title match, saying that it's been that way since the Romans and the Egyptians for 3,000 glorious years. Bobby yeah. Roode takes note of the word glorious. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, mean, my old, my personal favourite wrestling promotion were the old Roman days. Oh god, those were the good old days when you earned your yeah. title matches. A I very mean, weird statement. Who can you remember the the old indie days in Egypt? Oh, oh, spot fest, jump, jumping off the pyramids and the Sphinx. <laughs> Do you remember the four fifty off the Sphinx? Oh, Larry was there. Larry, Larry was, was there. I mean, tell me he wasn't. <laughs> Demore says that Zabisco is just like everyone else in this company uh, and says that they will take what they want he pushes Zabisco lightly oh, yes. and Zabisco shouts back don't push yes I'm so glad you noticed that that's so <laughs> funny I rewound to see what he said yeah it was like a teacher telling off two kids in primary school it's like don't push it was the worst response as well. Like, yeah. what a comp! Because Douglas, because Shane Douglas is there, by the way. <laughs> yeah. He holds the mic to him, like he's going to say something, but he just goes, yeah. "Don't push, don't push." That's Vince McMahon's uh, reaction whenever he sees Ricochet. Well, he's like, "Don't push." <laughs> oh God! Uh, we're <laughs> we're then told that the tag team champions James Storm and Christopher Daniels are in action next. Yes, uh, and this is where I turn once again to the Wrestling Observer. Oh, here we go again. Chris Harris has been vocal about how he's not happy about this tag team storyline. Oh, what? Yeah. Um, so this was before this show, and obviously we'll discuss it later, but mm. um, Chris Harris, yeah, said that he wasn't happy with like the split up with AMW and Triple X and going the separate not going separate ways, but being teamed up with everyone else. Oh. Um yeah. I quite like it, though. I've been on board with it, but I'm ready for it to end as well. I'm ready for it to end. I mean, I'll, I'll, oh, Chris, um, stop complaining. Moser also noted, um, thank God he's not in WWE or he'd be on um, 
Sunday Night Heat for the rest of his life. Yeah, well... Which is it's funny, because he did sign for them, and he was not used well. No. I think he was putting ECW. Yeah, it was the WWE CW, wasn't it? Mm, like the yeah. revival thing. I've seen I remember the first week you told me about his promo and I've been and watched it and yeah, it's not not good. No. Harris also showed up in like the worst shape of his life. Yeah, that was something that surprised me. So every every clip I've seen of him in WWE, he was a bit chunky. Yeah, cuz like here he looks great. Oh, he's jacked. He's so mm. like when you look at him here, you think, yeah, he'd be a success. But when you like look at him when he was actually in WWE, it's like, oh, okay. Mm, that's a shame. Bless him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they make their entrance and Scott Damore uh, comes out um, and he starts talking on the mic. But before he can say literally anything, Team Canada jumped them. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you notice that um, James Storm looked was dressed like a B-Tech Undertaker? Yes. He's a cowboy undertaker. He, yeah, but he was like the the long black coat and the black hat. And he mm. came wandering out. He does look like <laughs> I mean, we get a mention of the undertaker later. So do I we? don't know if you, we do. I'll get to that. Oh, um, okay. Commentary as the, as team kind of jumped the champions, commentary finally acknowledge uh, who the bold guy yeah. in the back was. And it was, Ruffy Silverstein. Ruffy. Yeah. Ruffy Silverstein. Uh, he was just, I think, was just drafted in to replace Divine whilst he's gone. Yeah. Because, spoilers, he's only here till November. Oh, is he? Yeah. So I presume that's okay. when Divine's coming back. Now, when I, to, because I didn't quite catch what his name was when they yeah. said it. So I looked up Team Canada on Wikipedia and found, looked at members and saw the name that sounded the most like what they <laughs> said. And I was like, okay, it's probably him. Uh, I didn't, I didn't read any more into him. So I didn't know that he was, he's not around very long. <laughs> yeah. What I did was I looked at every picture and went, which of these is the bold guy? Yeah. Was Johnny yeah. Devine ever bold? Who looks like a jobber? Yeah. Oh, and he does. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they need someone who can eat pins. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah, he could be the fall guy for the Team Canada. Mm, for a month. <laughs> yeah. uh, Team Canada beat down the champions until Chris Harris and Elix Skipper come out to make the save. And an effective save as they get beaten out too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, finally, free live crew come out, and that's just too much for Team Canada, and they send them uh, back in. Did you notice their shirts? I did. <laughs> vests with uh, impact on the front and their names on the back like basketball jerseys weren't they yeah and it wasn't even their like proper names like BG James had BG <laughs> also did you notice that BG James was holding he a belt had, he had a belt yeah and I was trying to like get a, get a look at it like what belt's that like is it some NW like old NWA belt and I just couldn't tell what I think happened was I think oh, one yeah. of Daniels or Storm dropped the tag title on the and way to the ring and he yeah. picked it up. To use but I was just like, yeah. I was just like, who gave this man a belt? Yeah, and it, it didn't look. It just looked a bit strange. It did look strange seeing Road Dog with a belt. Yeah, yeah, just in general. Yeah, this isn't 1999. Sadly, oh, sadly, uh, and then. The moment we've all been waiting for. Oh, here we go, baby. Jeff Hammond is back with his six points of impact. Oh, not just his six points of impact. He said this is his six points of excitement. Oh, wow. Yes. So he's forgot the name. Yes, he has. <laughs> In his time away, he's forgot what his gimmick is. 
Uh, he's still away. He's still in Nashville. Um, yeah. So he's the only person from TNA there. Um, in front of a car? That's what I was going to put. You sat next to a like half-built car? Yeah, I didn't know what it was. Um, so I think it's just referencing that he's NASCAR, but why would anyone watching this care? Uh, because I think we underestimate how big NASCAR is in, well, at least the south of America. Because mm. over here, we've just buried Formula One, and that's like worldwide. I would watch Formula One over NASCAR every day. Um, yeah, NASCAR probably. is just driving in circles. It is, but have you seen some of the crashes? Yeah, but if <laughs> it's like going, yeah, wrestling's all right, but have you seen the botches? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I like, like wrestling only when it goes wrong. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. I so, so I don't know. It's not for me. Yeah. Um, but Jeff announces an X Division gauntlet match for Victory Road with 20 men. Yes. I presume this gauntlet match is not how I envision a gauntlet match in like a WWE gauntlet match because 20, that would be like an entire pay-per-view. That would take three hours, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know how this match is going to play out, but they announce that, so the winner of the gauntlet match will be uh, number one contender for the X Division title. Uh, And Hammond tells us that Michael Shane, Kazarian, Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, who Jeff says has just got rid of Goldie. Yeah, got rid of Goldie. Is he no longer the baby bear? I don't know because unless something's happened on explosion, which we must missed, have, then there's been absolutely no mention of him getting rid of her. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Um, Jarrell Clark, who Hammond mm. announces as a dark horse, feels um, like they're going to build this guy to say he's been a jobber. And you know what? They showed a clip of him hitting a 630, mm. and it looked really good. It does look really good, but he doesn't win. No, he doesn't. <laughs> but. Uh, they could be building him up for something. <laughs> yeah. And they also announced some international competitors. Yeah. Was there anyone who caught your eye in those international competitors, Scott? There was one guy <laughs> mm. who really caught my eye, Dom, and I'm so glad you've, you've asked me to uh, elaborate on this. Yeah. I saw perhaps one of my favorite ever wrestling dancers. Uh, yeah. It was La Parker. Oh, what a moment. La Parker. <laughs> in his little black and yellow gear, doing a little jig. I loved it. So I again... Want, <laughs> I want La Parker to go over and just dance. And then La Parker versus either AJ or Petey Williams. That, but if, as long as he dances, I don't care who he's oh, against. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, right, you know La Parker? Mm-hmm. Do you think he looks very similar to Pentagon Jr.? He looks like a discount Pentagon Jr. He looks like... Pentagon's like non-emo brother, like, <laughs> not Ray, not Ray Phoenix, but he's his, he's his Mexican non-union equivalent. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I really don't know too much about La Parker besides his dancing. No, neither um, do I. <laughs> but I'm excited to see him at Victory Road. I'm excited to see him dance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure he will. But this, so this, um, <laughs> But this uh, this gauntlet match seems like it'll be good, regardless. It seems like a yeah. pre-show kind of thing or a kickoff thing, but it seems like something that could open the show to start it off hot. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, but straight after six points of impact, you say you popped for La Parker. Oh. But this out came a fresh-faced twenty-one-year-old Roderick Strong. Yes. Yes. I couldn't believe it when I saw Roderick Strong walk out. He was oily, and 
he had a goatee. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited. So for context, you have you watched this show before me. Yeah. And you you were very excited and you sent me a voice note saying that I would pop very hard for something just after yeah. Jeff Ham- Jeff Hammond's uh six points of impact. Mm. So I was I was ready for it and I thought it was Laparka doing a little dance. No. That's what I popped for. So I sent you a voice note saying, I've just seen it. La Parker dancing's the best thing in the world. And then Roderick Strong came out and I popped even more. Yeah. I couldn't and, believe it. He, and yeah. And then we find out who Roderick Strong will be yeah. facing. So Roderick Strong's a jobber here, by the way. Like he's well, come out, he's like been booked as a jobber. He doesn't work for TNA. No. Um, like he just comes out with music that's not noticeable generic yeah yeah and then out comes aj styles to face him yes aj styles versus roderick strong yes and that's where that's where my pop got even more excitable three pops in the space of a minute we went from la parka dancing to just roderick strong coming out to roderick strong versus aj styles i was so excited yeah yeah um but yeah um what a match this would be in 2021. Oh, what a, yeah. I mean, give me that now at a pay-per-view. Yeah. I'd be all uh, for it. So we have seen Strong versus Styles a couple of times. So Strong and Styles would face off at Survivor Series 2019 in a triple threat match that featured Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Um, so it was North American title versus US title versus IC title. Okay. Um. And then also they had one match in Ring of Honor that lasted 20 minutes. It but was, that's is, really it. Is that the notorious one? Where sure. do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. So Roderick Strong had a match with AJ after AJ left TNA. Oh right. And AJ messed his neck up bad. Oh, a botch styles. It was clash. one of the botch styles clashes. Oh when, wow. Yeah, it was on Roddy. Oh dear. Yeah, uh, that might be the ROH match you're talking about. That might be why they haven't faced each other much then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, no, I'm I just was... gonna. I am just gonna Google that just to make sure I'm right. Mm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So, so is... they met in ROH in 2014. Mm. Yeah, it's that one. Uh, it was on TV. Yeah. It was so he tucked his neck for the Styles Clash. Oh no! And he it says he didn't break his neck, uh, but he lost feeling in his arm. Oh dear! Uh, and Roddy was uh, scheduled to appear at Evolve uh, an Evolve week uh, event a week later, but Gabe Sapolsky confirmed that his neck wasn't one hundred percent, so Strong had to pull out. I can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is Roderick Strong's TNA debut. We wouldn't see him again until September 2005. I'm, oh, no. Oh, I I okay. Know. I was really excited. I thought he was going to be in this gauntlet. No, he's not. He doesn't show up again until September. Oh. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Especially um, with how this match went. Yeah. So we'll get into that. But yeah. first, as Styles makes his entrance, there's a sign in the crowd that says AJ Styles is the real phenom. Oh, oh, okay. Was yeah. was Undertaker the Phenom at this point? Uh, probably not, but he was still known <laughs> as the Phenom. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
little did they know, 16 years later, he'd be buried alive by Taker at WrestleMania. Yeah, with some good old brothers. Oh, some, some of the best brothers. Some of the best brothers you can get. Um, but getting into the match, Styles and Strong immediately start with some great technical wrestling, and immediately I just write, how did TNA not sign him? Yeah, yeah, especially uh, at how young he was. Oh, he's 21. Yeah. He's so fresh-faced. He is, <laughs> he is. Uh, at first, I, I had to keep checking that it was actually Roderick Strong. Yeah, once you kind of see his face and you can look past the goatee, it kind of becomes yeah. quite clear. Mm. But it took a while. Yeah. And he didn't have the abs on abs that we know him for today. Not quite yet. No, he was a little bit a little bit soft in the body, old Roddy. Yeah. He wasn't like out of shape by any stretch. No, just... no, no, no. He's in better shape than I've ever been in in my life. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> but compared to what he's like now, hmm. he had a lot yeah. more size, a lot more size in this match, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, so Styles hit Strong with a drop kick to the outside. Uh, he goes for the dive, but Strong moves out of the way, and Styles lands on the apron and dives over the ring post onto Strong. Yeah. Amazing. Which is something that we see Stu, Stu Grayson doing quite a lot today. It's something that post. happens in New Japan quite a lot, isn't it? Where they use mm. the, the corner posts. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know Ibushi does the moonsault from it. Mm. That yeah. I don't like. Shut up. <laughs> I, only, I do <laughs> like it. I just wanted to hear your reaction. Styles <laughs> uh, so strong into the corner and looks to splash him, but Roddy pulls the ref in the way. Uh, Style stops so he doesn't hurt the ref, and Roddy pokes him in the eye. Uh, and again, we're seeing character from him. Yeah. Like he's actually going to stay, but he doesn't, and I don't know why. I mean, it's heel work, isn't it? <laughs> it's great heel work. Yeah. Uh, Styles is sent to the apron and looks for a shoulder block, but Roddy hits him with a knee before draping him onto the ropes. I thought he was going to hit this, uh, the autumn draping DDT. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he drops him onto his knee back first, like setting up for the setting him up for the backbreaker that we know he hits. Yeah, now. yeah. Uh, the crowd chants "Roderick sucks," and that crowd is wrong. That crowd's incorrect. Yes, yeah, smart. Yep. <laughs> uh, Styles tries to whip strong, but he converts it into the best backbreaker. Yeah, it was so good. Oh my god, it was so he got so much height on him. Yeah. And AJ, Unreal. AJ, the way AJ sold it. Oh, how did they not, like? I'm going to say this about six times. I don't care. How did they not sign Roderick Strong? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Off this match, uh, Strong starts to mock Styles with kicks to the back of his head as he's down, uh, which fires him up. Uh, he hits Roddy with forearms and a huge back body drop. Like he, he goes flying. Yeah, yeah. He went half like halfway across the ring. Mm. He looks for a Styles clash, but Strong throws him through the ropes. Uh, Styles goes for the um, body check again through the ropes, but this time he faints it to catch Roddy out uh, before flipping into the ring and hitting an inverted DDT to pick up the win. That looked oh, so good. It did. <laughs> that inverted DDT was so smooth. This match was only four minutes long, and I could have took 40 minutes it? of it. You see, it felt longer. It did. And not well, in a bad way. You, you, no, no, in a, in a properly good way. You saying it was only four minutes just could, like shocked me because I thought it was probably about six or seven. Yeah, no, it took four minutes 20 because um, they just packed so much into it. They just felt like so much longer. Yeah. So my personal favorite moment from this match uh, was when a woman in the crowd obviously was confused by Roderick wearing red 
mm. uh, because she shouted, get the Canadian. <laughs> um, oh, no. Roddy is from Wisconsin. Yeah. Which is neither of them are Canadian. <laughs> which is not Canada. Eric Young just appeared at the top of the ramp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was just shouting, just get someone Canadian, please. Just get someone who's Canadian. She's obviously just a little bit confused of the red. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm very glad that he didn't hit a stars clash just because it would have scared me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I make a comment. So straight after the match, um, we see a hype package for Stars versus Pete Williams at Victory Road, and they bill it as the Stars Clash versus the Canadian Destroyer. Yeah. If you're billing it as Stars Clash versus Canadian Destroyer, why would you not have him win with the Stars Clash right before? I mean, I had to kind of... I went back and watched the finish again because I I didn't realise he hit the pin off the inverted DDT. Mm. I, uh, that, so we went, after the pin, I was like, hold on, did he just pin him from the DDT? So I went back and watched it. I was like, oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, so he is a jobber, as you can tell by the finish, but yeah, I just don't know why they wouldn't have him win with the Styles Clash and then say, it's Styles Clash versus Canadian Destroyer, because yeah. it looks bad. It's like, you know that movie you just saw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the movie that just put somebody away can put Petey Williams away. Yeah. But yeah. I'm super, super hyped for AJ and Petey Williams. Oh, God, yeah, especially oh, after that match with Roddy. Yeah, and the... um. The video package they played after it might be the best video package they've played so far. Yeah, no, it was very good. I mean, it's got me really excited for it. Mm. Oh, I have no doubts that this will be the best match at Victory Road. Oh, almost definitely, yeah. Yeah, because it's the X Division, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone in there, yeah. Uh, but from one Roddy to another, Rowdy no! Roddy Piper. Yeah, I love you've put that because that's my first note. My first note is from one Roddy <laughs> to another. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, Piper makes his entrance uh, to some what sounds like eight bit bagpipes. <laughs> like yeah, it didn't sound good. It sounded like his normal music to start with, mm. and then when he got into the ring, it went all like Tron. Yeah, it, it was, was weird. Really weird. Yeah, it didn't sound good. No, it didn't. Piper previously appeared in TNA in December two thousand two. Uh, he started a feud with Vince Russo. Uh, where he said that he blamed Vince Russo for the death of Owen Hart. Oh, Christ. Thanks, TNA, for the light-hearted content. I'm, I'm glad they didn't carry that on. Yeah, I mean, well, we don't know what this turns into, but... Oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know anything. Um, I hope it's not. Same. I don't want <laughs> mentions of Owen Hart, like no, unless please. it's to pay tribute rather than to yeah. say Russo killed him. I don't want that. Don't bring it up for a storyline. No, no. Please. It's just disrespectful. Yeah. Um, the crowd goes nuts for Piper, uh, and he plugs all the legends that he's previously faced. Yeah. Did you uh, notice um, he put over Bossman? Yes, he did put over Bossman strong, because obviously this was yeah. just after he'd passed. It was three um, three weeks after, yeah. Mm, so that and was it, good. It's, if, so it's, we, we discovered that this show was taped. Hmm. So it depending on with, when this was taped, it could have been just after Bossman passed. Mm. Yeah, but, I'm not sure. Yeah, so I kind of think that's why he put over Bossman quite strong. Mm. Yeah, a minute into the promo, I just write, I have no idea what this promo is about, but I like his spunk. <laughs> like, I just have no <laughs> idea what he's saying. He's full of vigor. Oh, yeah. He's good to go. Mm. Piper claims that he is free at last. He would, of course, return to WWE in February 2005. Yeah. 
free at last. Yeah, free for a year. <laughs> well, for four months. Well, yeah, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Mm. Piper finally gets to the point, announcing that he will have a special guest on Piper's Pit at Victory Road. Yeah, so have you got any names written down you think it could be? Unfortunately, in Googling Roddy Piper and TNA, I know who it is, so I'm not going to give any input. Oh, okay. So I've got three names, and they Mm -hmm. they probably won't fit the time frame, but they're just the first three names that came up. It was Angle, Christian, or Samoa Joe. I would love any of those. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would. It's probably not going to be any of them because I just don't. I don't remember the time frame. I know that Joe turns up in two thousand and five, mm. so it's probably not Joe. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'd love. I'd love it to be any of those three. I genuinely don't know who it is. Do so. The only thing in my mind is it has to be someone that the fans know. Yeah, definitely. Because if some random guy just shows up, it's like, who's this? Yeah, I don't know but... how big a pop Samoa Joe would get at this point. You know what I mean? Well, with these smarky fans, probably mm. not. Um, let's just say, be prepared. Oh. Because <laughs> it's going to be a wild ride. Oh, okay. Uh, Piper teases that it's either going to be Kobe Bryant, Hulk Hogan, or Michael Jackson. Yeah. It's none of those. Yeah, I mean, two questionable names to bring up. And three questionable Man- names to bring up. Yeah, yeah. God bless Kobe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's none of those, obviously. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> it's TNA. Yeah. Um, like the only one there that's likely is Hogan, and it's not Hogan. Yeah, it's not Hogan. <laughs> not yet. No. We then go backstage to Shane Douglas, who has Triple X and AMW arguing. So uh, can I just can I just bring up two quotes that Piper said that I loved? Go for it. So he said, "Don't throw rocks at a guy with a machine gun." Yep, loved it. Absolutely loved it. And he said he's been to the top of the mountain and he built a ranch there because he's not he's not leaving. Down. Yeah, I love that quote. I think that's such a good quote. I'll be honest, I really didn't enjoy this promo. Did you not? No, I really liked it. I'm still not into Piper. I think I re- I just really liked his delivery of it. Yeah. But yeah, I, he delivers stuff I, well, but the content I, is awful. I can no, that's harsh. I can I, I like can him. see why you wouldn't like it, but I really did. I think I think the being to the top of the mountain and he built some lines were good. There was class, really good. If you throw enough darts at a dartboard, you'll hit the bullseye eventually. All right. <laughs> some, some teenage white girl will have that on her wall. What about the bullseye or about the ranch? Both. Oh, I'm going to get don't throw rocks at a guy with a machine gun on mine. Hmm. <laughs> we then go backstage to Shane Douglas, who's with Triple X and AMW, and they're arguing. Uh, Chris Harris finally breaks up the arguing and says that the two teams need to get on the same page to get the better of Team Canada. Skipper says it's the most sensible thing that he's heard all day, and I immediately understand why Elix Skipper doesn't yeah. cut many promos. I wrote Elix Skipper should never speak again. Yeah. His <laughs> voice does not match him. Yeah, he looks like an absolute monster. He looks like an athletic freak and then he talks and it's like Elmo. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. Um, so, I, I can see Chris why Harris Chris Harris... Has, he has his do-rag again. Oh, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice. It's not gone anywhere. It's still there. Three weeks strong, baby. 
<laughs> Daniels and Storm shake hands, saying, if Team Kanda want a title shot, why don't we give it to them? How has it taken the teams this long to realise that working together, they'll be stronger than fighting each other? I mean, yeah, just make AMW triple X. Like, if you get a four-man unit there, that's a hell of a unit. Yeah, definitely. They Together, stronger. Apes together, strong. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Shane Douglas then tells us that uh, the semi-final match is up next and does a supervillain laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I put Shane Douglas laughs like an evil genius. Like, you get the idea that he's going to, like, intervene in the main event. He like doesn't. He's, it's like he's put it all together for yeah. it to culminate in this, and he's like, ah, ha, ha. Finally. <laughs> Finally, uh, Raven and Monty Brown <laughs> fall into my trap. My evil plan is coming together. Yeah, I love that. Um, but we also find out that next week we're getting Daniels and Storm versus Team Canada in some variation, praying yeah. it's not Rufy Silverstein. Oh, he could just take the pin. Oh, if he's in the match, he's taking the pin. Absolutely. It's a spoiler before we even watched it. Uh, but we come back from the break, and Douglas is now with Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Jarrett says that he finds it funny that Raven, Abyss, Hardy, and Brown are all killing themselves for a chance to face him. Um, the entire time Douglas is laughing, is this his gimmick? Um, what, he laughs? Yeah, I don't know. Do you know it's what? weird. Do you know what hasn't been explained? What? Why was he Macho Man for a week? He just had a good week. <laughs> We've all been there. It's the most random thing. For the first week, he was doing a Macho Man impression, and he's not done it since. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, Jarrett also says that both he and Russo have spoken to the Outsiders and questioned whose side they'll be on at Victory Road, which I feel like is a callback. I'm not sure if it is, but it feels like a callback to when... Um, Bobby Heenan at Bash oh, at the Beach 96 says, who side is he on? Yeah, when Hogan comes out and forms the NWO. Yeah, probably um, is. Jarrett says, the outsiders have a reputation of taking over and going into business for themselves, but says there's only one side to be on in TNA, and that's his. Uh, Did you he then... the um the music they were playing throughout this promo? I didn't. It was really loud. Oh, I was, I'll be honest, I was just listening. I struggled to hear what Jarrett was saying. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. I was like, uh, oh, I can't hear. He then says, welcome to Planet Jarrett, a catchphrase that we'll never get over. It's over with me. Is it? No. Okay, good. <laughs> good. I, I didn't want another to, disagreement. He's trying to be supportive. Of, of Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. <laughs> the poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're really beating us over the head with the Outsiders thing now. Oh, Even commentary... Finally, wake up yeah. later, and they go. Do you say the outsiders? Is in the outsiders? It's like the outsiders. Like, how many weeks has it taken you to hear that? Yeah, it's been rammed down our throats. Yeah, so they're coming. They're, yeah, they're coming. Like commentary mentioning them almost confirms that they're going to be there. Yeah, him. The commentary going. Did he say the outsiders? Yeah, the biggest sign. That, like, yeah. I know Russo loves a swerve, but that's too far. I'd just like to say I called this on week one. You did. Because you have ears, and I clearly didn't. <laughs> and I have knowledge. Yeah. Uh, but then we go to the main event. Raven versus Monty Brown. 
Yeah. Raven enters first in a straight jacket and immediately pulls it off, defeating the purpose of a straight jacket. But he did struggle to get it off. He did have a bit of a fight with it. He had to uh, just wiggle it off in the end. Yeah. He also doesn't have Die Monty Brown in his chest this week, showing that he's a coward. He won't say it to his face. <laughs> no, it's showing that he he doesn't want him to die. He's, he's had a week of reflection. You know what? That was too far. I'm you sorry. Know, you know what, Monty? I, I was just a bit excited last week. If he has, get pinned Monty Brown instead. <laughs> yeah, lose Monty Brown. <laughs> uh, but uh, after Brown comes out, um, I didn't have any notes on his jacket this week. I think it's just a standard oh, thing now. I wrote he's but, the sharpest dressed man in wrestling. Uh, that is not true. <laughs> he's uh, so cool. I don't know who's more sharply dressed in TNA. Uh, three Live Crew. Yes. And Larry Zabisco. Well, that's not even... Can That's you imagine just unfair. the mixture of the three? The coat, Larry's shirt, and three live crew just The being four live crew. Just being there. Wow. Oh. That, that's, like... that's a hell I can only dream of. <laughs> it sounds like a dream. Uh, Brown immediately overpowers Raven, but Raven manages to get a shoulder charge into him in the corner. Uh, Brown hits him with a big boot and two clotheslines to send Raven to the outside. Uh, Raven goes to the announce desk, grabs a chair, but the referee takes off him, allowing Brown to fire off some punches and save, send Raven to the outside once again. Mm. Why so, did he think he would be allowed to use the chair? Um, yeah, a bit confusing. Why would he go and get it and then be surprised that he had it took off him? He argues with the ref. What is your what? What case are you making that you should be allowed to use this chair? Excuse me. Have you seen the man across the ring from me? I need yeah. something. Well, yeah. I go on then. Get DQ. Do it. Yeah. Let's see on. if I care. Well, like, why? Why does the ref stop them as well? Actually, why didn't he just let him get DQ and they go, okay, DQ, you've lost. Yeah, I get that. In football, if there's a if someone does a slide tackle and it's a free kick, the ref doesn't go, hey, don't do that slide tackle. Yeah. The ref just lets them do it and then gives a foul. Yeah. So, in playing wrestling, do they always go, hold on a minute, you're not allowed to use that? I suppose it's a way of preventing like damage to Brown if he's going to hit him over the head with it, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess. It's theatrics, isn't it? Yeah, it's all part of the, the show. <laughs> uh, as we return from the break, Raven's somehow in control. Hmm. Um, when he's shown absolutely zero sign of being able to be. Uh, <laughs> and they're fighting in the crowd. Uh, Raven hits a Russian leg sweep into the guardrail. And at this point, I start questioning uh, if countouts exist. Yeah. Because that Are was way going... more than 10 seconds. Were they going through the the New Japan phase? Because I know TNA did this eventually where they do the 20 count. Right. Oh, New... did TNA New... do that? They did eventually. I don't know when they, they bring it in, but they did mm. have the 20 count on the outside. Oh, right. I don't know. I think it, it felt more like AEW title match rules where the ref doesn't want it to end, so he's going to let them do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe. Maybe. Or it's just poor refereeing. Yeah. Uh, as they get back in the ring, Brown fights from underneath, hitting strikes whilst on his knees, mm. which I found really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brown looks for a back body drop to Raven, but Raven counters it with a kick to the face. Raven starts to lay in knees into Brown, and it's this point that I start to wonder, do I actually enjoy Raven? So it was around this point where I started to wonder whether I actually enjoyed Monty Brown. 
Wow. Oh, mate. Honestly. You love Monty Brown from day one. I have, but I think I like the idea of him. (laughs) (laughs) I I saw a post on Reddit the other day about him, and it's like, oh, what a great guy Monty Brown was. Green as anything, but I love Monty Brown. I really like him. I like him on the mic. Mm. I like his look. I like his presence in the ring. But in a match, Mm. like an actual match that's not just a squash match, he really looked like a little bit out of his depth in this match to me. Yeah. Because I mean, he was, the, all of his offense was just punches. Raven wasn't much better, though. All of his was knees. I like, I don't mind Raven. I thought this was okay. Mm, this I wasn't a good thought, match, though. Of the two guys in this match, I preferred watching Raven get his stuff in more than I liked watching Monty. I was just waiting for a pounce, so I was okay oh, with Monty's. Yes. Uh, I mean, Monty... the is still over with me, obviously. Oh, yeah, that's that's without question. Oh, yeah. Uh, Monty regains control, sending Raven's head into the turnbuckle and hitting another series of right hands. Uh, fans start chanting for the pounce, yeah. which is good. Yeah, I like that. Um, again, put him out of a squat smash and fans get into it. Yeah. Uh, although we don't, so. <laughs> we weren't there. Brown and Raven do some like awkward whip sequence where he just keeps whipping him into the corner and then just going for punches afterwards. That was weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it wasn't good. Uh, and a few fans agree with me because they start to chant boring now. Do they? I didn't hear that. Yeah, there was some boring chants. I heard Again, a... I think it was the same guy who was chanting for Matt Hardy. I heard earlier on the outside when they were doing the... Um, he did the leg sweep into the barrier. There was an EC dub chant. Oh, really? Yeah. There was a few, they were going EC dub, EC dub, but they didn't do it for very long. Ah, oh, fair enough. They gave uh, up. Brown drives Raven across his knee three times before getting a two. Uh, Brown looks for a power slam, but Raven counters into a super kick, which looked really good. Looked, yeah, that was a good super kick. Mm. Raven goes to get the chair again, but the ref stops him again, and Raven argues again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> underst- oh, I don't know. This allows Brown to get up and splash the ref and Raven in the corner. Yeah. Raven sets up the chair while the ref is down and drop toe holds Brown face first into it. As the ref starts to get up, he pushes the chair out of the way. Can you not tell what's just happened? Brown's I mean, down, whole... the chair is sat up. I thought when he set the chair up, he was going to go for the DDT onto it. Mm. The Raven effect DDT. Yeah. That's his finish and that would put Monty away. So when he just did the drop toe hold, I was like, okay, that seems like a missed opportunity. It looked good though. It looked good, but I don't think, because a drop toe hold is not a finisher, is it? No, but then again, (laughs) there's a reason that he didn't hit the DDT into the chair. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the ref pushes the chair away and should know what happens, but he doesn't. Um, That's That's the whole Eddie Guerrero thing though, isn't it? Where he slaps it down and then chucks it and lays down. Yeah, but Eddie makes it look like something happened. Like, you can see from the ref's perspective why that would look like that. From yeah. that perspective, if you're the referee, oh, okay, Raven's just hit him with the chair. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. You can't really disqualify without any proof, I guess, but... The referee with Eddie Guerrero did. Yeah, well, Eddie was good. Yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, Brown kicks out at two after the to- uh, toe hold. 
Raven goes for a chair shot, but Brown ducks it before hitting the pounce to win. Yeah. I didn't enjoy this match, but it picked up towards the end. Like, from the drop toe hold onwards, I think that picked up quite a bit. Yeah, once... once I don't know. Once it kind of felt like it was building towards a finish, mm-hmm. it yeah. built up for me. Because when they were just doing, like, they're going through the motions and it was just punches and, like you say, knees, and they went to the outside for a second, it was like, ugh. I didn't yeah. care for this match really at all, no. which I didn't think I'd say about a Monty Brown match <laughs> because I thought I, I thought I'd really like him, but he was, he was green as grass in this match. Yeah. Uh, but that sets up Jeff Hardy versus Monty Brown next week. And I think Jeff is probably a better opponent for Monty. Yeah, definitely. Just a little guy to throw around. Yeah. Make him look like a hoss. Yeah. After the match, both Jarrett and Hardy come out immediately and yeah. both just shout at Brown from a distance. <laughs> uh, they definitely, definitely putting Monty Brown over, aren't they? I don't know. I think the, the fact that he main evented, but and then the fact he's the only one in the last four or five weeks that's actually had an in ring with Jarrett. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I, sure. I can't see him going any other way. To be honest, it was always going to be one of these two. Yeah. And it should probably should be. Hmm. Um, it's it's probably going to be Brown, but I could I could see them doing Jeff Hardy after Dusty's protest in that sort of thing. No, maybe Dusty. even Dusty gets involved. Yeah, that was weird. No Dusty this week. No mention of what was going on in that room. No Russo. No Russo. There's only a little bit of Larry. Yeah. Um, but overall. Two great matches on this card, Abyss yeah. and Hardy and Styles and Strong. Just yeah. brilliant matches. Um, and a good build for next week as well. The tag title match between Team Canada uh, and the champions um, and the Hardy and and Brown match. But I think yeah. I think the other stuff on, on the card let it down a bit. I didn't enjoy Pipe, uh, the Roddy Pipe a bit. Uh, and I didn't enjoy the main event at all. No, um, I think if you'd have uh, what we were saying about having the Hardy match to open, <laughs> if you'd have put so if I was restructuring this, I'd have put Roddy and AJ to open. Oh my god! Yeah, and then Raven and Monty Brown mid card, and then have Abyss and Hardy as the main event. Especially because Hardy feels so much more over. Yeah, yeah, he's the and he is a bigger star than Monty Brown and Raven. Yeah, he is. So put him in the main event and then have Monty Brown come out on the ramp like Hardy did. Yeah, especially because he would look more impressive stood on the ramp than Jeff does. Yeah, yeah. he looks more impressive stood doing nothing than he does when he's in a ring. Yeah, but like him stood there fresh as the daisy and you see Jeff like exhausted. That's a better visual. You've got like, oh God, look at what Jeff's got to overcome. Yeah, look at this monster he's got to go through. Yeah, whereas like Jeff having to like overcome this tired... I don't yeah. know. It it just doesn't seem. It seems backwards. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the match of the match of the night for this show was. I'd say it was Abyss and Jeff Hardy. Yes, it was. Just because of the length. Yeah. It was longer. They got more stuff in. It was more competitive. But oh, AJ yeah. and Roddy for saying it was a squash match. It was class. <laughs> it's the best squash match I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't quite touch AJ and. Uh, and Shelley from a couple of weeks ago. No, no, but that that had more time, and yeah, they were there was a bit more of a a story 
I guess. Mm. Yeah. But no, but like AJ and Shelley was a class match, but Roddy and AJ was still very good. Yeah, we're seeing who who is the best bout machine in TNA. Yeah, now. I mean, there's two names <laughs> mm. that really are thrown out from both of those matches, and they are both AJ Styles. So yeah, yeah, he he's unbelievable, and I can't wait to see where he's going. I'm hoping he wins the uh, X Division title at Victory Road. Yeah, I mean, everything's kind of pointing towards that. I think. We don't see much Pete Williams, do we, to say he's the champion? No, which I don't think we need to because when he, his whole aura is around this Canadian destroyer. And if you saw it every week, you kind of get a bit sick of it. Yeah, I mean, I, think, I would appreciate Pete Williams' match next week, though. Yeah, they need to have him wrestle before the pay per view for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if they didn't have him wrestle before the pay per view. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But thank you for joining us once again for the classic TNA Impact review. Next week, we'll be back for the October 15th episode. Make sure to join us again. Hit subscribe, hit the like button, uh, and check out theannouncerstable.com for the ra- latest wrestling news. <laughs>